This is Tito Santana. You're listening to another wrestling podcast. Arriba! Jonathan, I'm sick of the internet. It's ruining wrestling for me. I want to be surprised. I can't be surprised when I'm reading the dirt sheets every day. Well, don't read the dirt sheets. But that's what I do. I need to know what's happening. But at the same time, I don't want to know what's happening. I'm going to start my own website and secretly not tell you about it. (laughs) And then I'm going to just give you false spoilers until you decide to quit reading the internet. Well, that's just not going to work because now I know you're going to secretly start another site. And anything I read now, I'm just not going to believe. Well, that's probably probably good, but you'll see something that says, like, King Kong Bundy, new world heavyweight champion. <laughs> and you're going to click on it, and then you're going to get it. You're going to get shocked and surprised when you find out that King Kong Bundy is not, in fact, the world heavyweight champion. That's because he should be the world heavyweight champion, because nobody kicks out of the five count. You hear that, King Kong Bundy? It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast with your hosts, Steve Credo and Jonathan Benjamin. everybody it is time yet again for another wrestling podcast episode number three we are chugging right along is it three or is it four now we're on four now see that we are on four <laughs> that is number four um it, it it follows three but it is number four everybody so, quattro 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 um <laughs> You know, it, it's just going by so quickly, and last last time that you joined us, we had tons of guests. Um, today is no different. We have a very special guest, and um, before we get into that, I just want to have everybody who is listening to us know that if you're listening to us on here, that's one way to really, you know, learn about us and find out what's going on, but there are so many other ways. That's um, right. That's right, because we're, we're in the social media-verse, you know. That's how people know about anything these days is the damn internet. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. I mean, right, Jonathan? All you got to go to is facebook.com slash, what are we? Uh, another another rest- wrestling <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that's it, man. How easy is that? And the only other thing about Twitter is that I couldn't fit the whole name, so I had to think of something clever, so we're at a wrestling pod a wrestling pod you know another wrestling podcast so you know we're everywhere jonathan i'm pretty sure if you just go to google and search another wrestling podcast you'll find us on itunes you'll find us on stitcher uh we're, we're everywhere that's that's the greatest thing about social media is that there's twenty thousand different places and we're all there right yeah absolutely we're on um pod being i'm pretty sure too that's Um, that's exactly right that's where we are being thrown out into the itunes universe from podbean it's hosting our show so that's you know you can find us there too if you tune in next week we may be on green bean um it's it's (laughs) even newer than than podbean it's a i don't think that exists hey we can even just find friendster again and maybe just start a myspace account because if we're going to do it we got to start from the beginning Absolutely. 
don't know. But yeah, basically, all in all, we're out there. Check us out, like us, rate us, click us, follow us, poke us, friend us, whatever you want to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something that we don't really mention a lot, but um, we are actually on Twitter ourselves. Um, you can follow me at limousine riding and you can follow him i'm pointing to you at, at <laughs> credo that's credo. that's it man yeah we're everywhere including our show so without our show we're still on the social media verse so yeah. hey but basically that's we just want to get that out to you guys because if you're listening that's how you can listen to more shows and keep clicking and liking us and whatnot so uh, hey you know what though uh we we try to do this show every week um, we're getting a lot more guests. We're, you know, trying to really put ourselves out there, but we're unlike any other type of pro wrestling podcast that's out there right now. We don't just tell you about what's going on on Raw or SmackDown or NXT or TNA or ROH or HOH or NEW or any of those. Um, though we may sometimes if we get, you know, breaking news or anything like that, but what we like to do is we're, we're the thinking man's wrestling podcast is uh, or woman really if you're listening god bless you if you're a woman and you're listening to us um but you know we we go out there and we interview some maybe like the unsung heroes of the the world of professional wrestling and uh we really try to just dive into to things that maybe topics that aren't really um talked about a lot so with that being said credo and yeah you, You've ranted and raved enough about the internet this morning or this afternoon or whenever we're doing this. See, I'm I need to do over. But um, regardless, but you told you know, us you told us we're gonna have a guest today. I want to know who the guest is before I click off and go to another another wrestling podcast. Well, uh, since you asked so nicely, <laughs> our our guest this week is none other than, and I'm pretty sure that this is probably the only time we'll be able to say this. Um, I could be wrong though, but. Um, our guest this week is New York Times best-selling author Brian Shields. Now, I interviewed Mr. Shields uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're just getting able to put him onto the podcast. Now, in true Sin Cara fashion, um, I'm pretty sure that my mic was hot or there's some echoing or whatever, but you're just going to have to power through that because I'm new at all this stuff. So, uh the the audio's still good. You'll definitely listen and you'll you're gonna I think you're really gonna enjoy it. We talk about everything, including his new book, which is Thirty Years of WrestleMania, and uh, we talk a lot about that. So um stick around for that. But before we get into that, uh Credo, I myself am a lifelong wrestling fan. I know yourself uh also. Um before the days that we had you know, the dirt sheets that you were talking about and yeah. spoilers and everything. Um, I was a big, huge fan of the actual pro wrestling magazines. Uh, did, did you have this sort of thing going on or? Yeah, I actually have a, well, I don't have a claim to fame, uh, but the WWE magazine back in the eighties, I don't know if you remember this, I'm going to throw this out there, but I'm not even, I'm not in it. My parents are in it, but, but here's the thing. I don't know if you remember. They used to have this uh, WWE warehouse. I, I forget where it was, what it, you know, what, what exactly it was, but basically we went to this WWE warehouse, and you stood on line like it was, like no joke, like there was like a roller coaster or it was a theme park. Like we waited there for like over an hour or two, maybe three, and uh, I remember it was hot. We're standing there on line. Uh, we were online, and you didn't know who you were going to meet. 
because there was going to be superstars inside. You can get merchandise and whatnot. Long story short, we met the Bushwhackers later on, and I think you know they kept changing superstars in and out, but. We were there all day waiting on line. The one time I step off line to go get like a soda or something with my brother, the one time I do that out of waiting for like hours on line, they snap a photo and it's the of the line at the WWE warehouse. I don't know what magazine it's in. I have it somewhere. I have to find it though. But you could see my parents online and I'm so bummed because I would have been able to bin it in a WWE magazine. And that's where it all started, Jonathan. The WWE magazine. I mean, that's what got me into it because that, there was no internet back then. There was no going on Google, going to WWE.com, going to all your favorite dirt sheets or whatever. It was magazines. That's how we found out things. That's how, you know... That was the information we were getting, and I don't know about you, but I mean, WWE Magazine was the first magazine for me. Uh, you know, then it led to like Pro Wrestling Illustrated, pretty much, and all those other ones. But I don't know. What about you? I was that was my little claim to fame, but even though I wasn't in it. Um. Well, uh, the the crazy part about that is um, there's a couple things that I have to to mention here. Obviously, um, I'm not from the Northeast originally. I'm from Indiana, so um, it takes a little bit of time for things to get to Indiana. It's coastal, so it comes from either the West Coast or the East Coast and kind of settles right there in, in the Midwest. So the WWF magazine was pretty much the only magazine that we, we got out there, and I pretty much read it religiously. I think at a couple points I had a subscription, but I really liked to just go to the, the store and I would buy you know a magazine or, or whatever, and I just – couldn't wait to see the cover every month. Who was on the cover? Um, maybe That's there it, was, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, I mean that was it. I mean, that, it, I do remember that Virgil made an appearance one time. <laughs> Are you? Do you remember the Virgil? Do you remember the Virgil cover? <laughs> no, I, I don't remember the Virgil cover. But I mean, that was that was a thing. Like as a kid, you wanted to see who's going to be in the next cover. You know, that was great because you didn't have that much technology back then, right? You know, you had just the magazines, and once a month, that was your thing. You know, to find out any information or what's going on. You know. Yeah, and you never realized like how much went into the WWF's magazine at the time because. You know, they had the catalog in the center where I used to, yes, I would send off for like a t-shirt or whatever. But like you have to realize that they have to be a couple of months ahead of whatever they're doing because if they had a surprise or something like that, then it wouldn't make that month's issue. So mm-hmm. say the gobbledygooker was <laughs> set to hatch at, at Survivor Series. Well, no one would know unless, you know, it was in that magazine. So um, I definitely had that. I I made mistakes throughout my life where I sold off part of my collection or <laughs> oh. all of my collection or whatever. But like, um, I remember being so happy. I went into a thrift store one time in Southern Indiana and found like a stack of WWF magazines, and I it was like the greatest thing ever. And I remember the one magazine that was on top. I can tell you this right now. <laughs> it was the cover of Bart Simpson and Bret Hart. <laughs> Wow, man! It's such memories, though. I mean, those magazines. I have—I don't even know what I have, but I, I do remember having. I think I met Shawn Michaels just when he started to go solo, and I found I was going like I had nothing for him to sign as a kid. You know, like you didn't have like all these Mark stores and shops online and stuff. So I was like, you either get an eight by ten somewhere at the autograph signing, or you bring your WWE magazine, and that's what I did. I brought my magazine where it had like an article of you know HBK turning to the you know the new Heartbreak Kid uh, gimmick, and that's 
what I had him sign, and that's I still have it to this day. Um, that's it, man. That, that was that's that's how it got people hooked. Like it's amazing how, you know, like today you don't. Well, they still have it, but it, it's not as what it used to be. You know what I mean? It's such a big deal with the magazines. Well, what's crazy too is that, like we mentioned, if you think about the inception of the WWF magazine. I think the very first, um, someone will definitely tell me if I'm wrong about this, but the very first WWF magazine either had, it's either Sergeant Slaughter or Jimmy Superfly Snooker. So uh, I'm pretty sure that that's, you know, one, one or two of the other. But then all the way up, it went from, you know, Hogan was on the cover. And um, like I said, Virgil, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, uh, Psycho Sid, every all these people were on the cover of this magazine. Nowadays, um, I'm a huge collector of the WWE magazines, and we get a, we get about they just bounce back and forth between about five guys. So it's either John Cena, Rey Mysterio, Orton, Undertaker, or Triple H, and so that's pretty much your your cover your cover stars right now. Yeah, man. And like, think about it though. Like as growing up, like these were our dirt sheets, you know what I mean? Like, even though they weren't really dirt sheets, but it was, it was our gateway or, or so to speak into, you know, getting us to the next, WWE show, WWE superstars, or whatever back then. But then, as you got older, I don't know about you, but me personally, like I started getting into the PWI, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and then like they had the PWI 500, you know, the top 500 wrestlers. I, I started getting into that, and like all those almanacs, and like the, you know, oh, I was so hooked on it because I just wanted to know who is number one this year or whatnot, you know. And I, it was interesting. That's how I found out a lot more about all these wrestlers before you could even. You get into like media before you can get into like all these tapes and watch all these other guys. Uh, it was just interest- interesting to see, you know, what was happening. And man, it's amazing how, how things have changed, you know, just from going from these magazines and, uh, you know, from simple WWE magazines to PWI magazines. I know there's tons of other, uh, you know, wrestling magazines out there, but those are the two big ones for me uh, PWI and WWE. Uh, I don't know about you, Jonathan, but I mean, th- those were so influential as a kid. I-, I can't even imagine how kids growing up today. I don't. I, I don't even think they get into it as much as we ha- have. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. I think what's crazy about that is it's like I said, since I'm from uh, you know Southern Indiana originally, is those magazines in the back, like PWI, they had like it was by state, so they had little blurbs about like. Pro wrestling in Alabama or um, Colorado or Delaware or you know and they they, they still do to this day. So um, without the internet, that was basically how you could find out what was going on um, in other states. So like maybe a small town promotion in Kentucky was running something, and I I saw where Jerry Lawler fought um, maybe like Psycho Sid, and I was like, wow, that's a great match, and I. I wish I could learn more about it or whatever. Then you know maybe next month they would have something in the magazine. But uh, you know that's just something that you you could ne- and they always had the ranking like the top, yeah, top yeah. ten wrestlers, <laughs> uh, the top ten tag teams, top ten women's wrestlers. So I, I liked it because it definitely gave it a, a little more uh, like real feel to to it. 
Yeah, I, I loved reading about the results. I think that was the one thing I loved reading too. Because like I was curious to like who was winning where and whatnot. And it was like this is before YouTube. You know, I feel like now we're dinosaurs, but it wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? Like I remember reading like like you were saying, you know, matches that happened in other cities, and it was so cool because like you kind of imagine what was happening all these other places cause compared to now where you can just go on YouTube and find it. You know, because pretty much everybody's recording it off their phones or whatnot. But I mean that big chunk of like the you know the mystery behind it like what was happening like you're reading about it but you're not seeing it you know is gone and i don't know i think as we got older now too i don't know about you i'm kind of into the books now like the biographies and whatnot so i mean i don't know about you but one of my all-time favorite books i've ever read was the brett the hitman heart uh biography and i know what you're gonna say i know i'm a brett bret hart mark and no, <laughs> and no it's not because of that um i think Correct me if I'm wrong, too. This was like the first book away from, well, maybe one of the first books away from the WWE machine to where they weren't editing the book. This is like Bret Hart writing his book with, you know, somebody else, uh, like a ghostwriter or whatever. And like he told a lot of stories that WWE would have totally edited out. And I thought that was like, I I love the book. I read it a few times now. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I read the book. It was a, I, I will say, uh, even though I'm not a huge, huge Bret Hitman Hart fan, uh, that book read really quickly. So, like, if you haven't ever read that book, go out and get it. I mean, it's a big book, but you can. It, it's like a conversation almost. It's just like a really long conversation. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good book. Uh, I mean, there's so many that are out there now that are really good and also kind of peel back. We were talking earlier, It's this is now kind of the reality era, so mm-hmm. everybody wants to hear about that dirt or you know what, what did somebody do to somebody else or whatever, but there's a lot of really good uh, biographies out there. Some are produced by WWE and some are you know off, off, uh, off the radar, I guess. Yeah, and that's the thing with me. I mean, don't get me wrong, the WWE biographies are good too, but when you read it, you're like – you know, you're hearing what you, you kind of like figure you're going to hear, I think, in my way. But I mean, like when I was reading Bret Hart's book, there was just things he was saying in there that you knew like crap. Somebody was saying like, why, you know, why didn't they edit this out? Uh, and that, that was that, that's what was cool about it. You know what I mean? Um, is that it was just it wasn't being censored. Like Andre the Giant's book kind of sucked to me because it was almost like. It was, you know, it wasn't written by him. It wasn't really a story. It was mostly just, uh, you know, a, a timeline of what he did and whatnot. And like that one, the Shawn Michaels book I read, the Eric Bischoff book, all by WWE. Um, you know, it kind of just when you're reading it, you're not getting as much out of it, I thought, as you were getting from the Bret Hart book. And I know this is turning into an infomercial for the Hitman book. You know, we're going to have it in our own merch shop pretty soon. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I, I, that's where we went from, though. We went from the book. We went from the magazines. To, we got older. We, we started reading these biographies uh, that interest us and the superstars we love. And, you know, that, you, it's missing today because the Internet is killing the world, I think, with all this mystery. What do you think? I mean, from – the magazines, the books, how, what's your take on it? You know, like, um, <clears throat> I don't know how to explain this other than just say that I think that pro wrestling has reached another level again where it's like really, really cool. Um, and a, a lot of, a lot of people don't really, it, you know, 
it's the era for the smart fans, like I said. So um, you have all these t-shirt stores popping up, and you have like kind of alternative um, art forms of professional wrestling, whether it be like prints or um, you know artwork, like Rob Schamberger or any of these things. And uh, I just saw this book, and it's by a guy named Box Brown, believe it or not. And <laughs> it's called The Life and Legend of Andre the Giant. <laughs> and what he does is he goes back and tells um, famous Andre the Giant stories, but he does it in, like, cartoon or, or comic book fashion. Oh, yeah. So the book's, like, seventeen ninety nine. I found it at Barnes & Noble, and it, you know, it's a very quick read, but it's it's really cool. So you should definitely check that out, but... That's what I'm saying. We're getting that sort of stuff now, whereas before, like you said, if it wasn't through WWE or whatever, then we may not have heard about it. Um, but that, I mean, it's kind of a good segue too because um, I was when before we started talking to this, I started talking about Brian Shields, and when I was talking to him, you start to realize that WWE didn't really have a written historical record on their their product and uh as of late he's done some really good books he's done uh, main event uh raging 80s like it talks about the complete you know time of the 80s with wwf Mm -hmm. um the wwe 50 book just came out that talks about the 50 years of wwe i gotta get that still yeah yeah it's it's unbelievable if you haven't if you haven't you should go out and definitely just check it out and then also him and co-writer Kevin Sullivan, not the wrestler, the other one. <laughs> the um, other one. <laughs> they did both editions of the encyclopedia, which are just uh, um, amazing. So um, I feel like we're getting we're getting there. Like the fans are finally like, well, our type of fans are finally getting what they want. They're getting some more, you know, content. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is like, I mean, granted, I'm not a big book person. I'll tell you that right now. Like. I, I'm looking at my shelf right now, and I'll tell you what, some of the books on my shelf. <laughs> I have the Bret the Hart the Bret Hart book. I have Mankind book. Uh, you know, I have the Shawn Michaels book. I, long story, I got a George Carlin book in there too. <laughs> long story short, I got a Chris Jericho one. A lot of them are wrestling biographies. That's my library. Uh, you know, I love biographies, and I love you know just reading about the people. I loved, you know, growing up, uh, my heroes and whatnot. And I'll tell you what, the encyclopedia with Brian Shields coming up, I bought that book a few years ago, just that, not on a fluke, but I was like, ah, this is cool, I'm going to buy it. And then little did I know, I ended up using that book as my, like, autograph book. You know, I have Hogan in there, Bret Hart, uh, oh, geez, I don't know, I got every, a lot of people, Ultimate Warrior I have signed in there, Hulk Hogan, uh, Ric Flair, Mick Foley. The list goes on and on, and it's like it goes back to when I was talking about the magazines to where, oh, man, I have nothing in my room like to get him to sign. What am I going to get him to sign? I'm going to this book to have him sign it, and uh, I mean it, it just turned out into a big autograph book for me, so – a lot of people have been doing that too. A lot of people have been using it to get signed, and I don't know if Brian knows that, but I mean, it's. A, I hope we're not ruining <laughs> what he worked hard on to make, but people have to realize that, uh, you know, it, it's it's a good read, and it's also a good uh, collector's item to where you can get signed by everybody. Well, in the business, like we we say, uh, that is a perfect segue because if you listen to the interview you will hear all about what he thinks about the encyclopedia um what he thinks about all the projects he's been involved in and i think 
that I may have twisted his arm a little bit to find out some information about some upcoming things that he's got that he's working on that uh, he he didn't say no, but he didn't say yes. So there's some there's some special stuff in there. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on another wrestling podcast, and we would like to welcome our guest, WWE New York Times best-selling author Brian Shields. Um, it's certainly not every day that we have a New York Times best-selling author here, so. Thank you for joining us, and um, how you been? Jonathan, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. Uh, you know, everything's been going great. Just been very busy over the last uh, year plus working with WWE and DK Publishing on the new book that I have written that was announced last week, uh, 30 Years of WrestleMania. Now, we here at Another Wrestling Podcast would love to tell you all about the book. Um, we're going to be asking Brian Shields some about it, some questions about the the book. Um, it is going to be amazing, as all of his work has been. If you're a fan of the WWE Encyclopedia, um, WWE Main Event, um, that book as well, um, it's similar to those books. And right now, you can pre-order this book which I just, whenever I was talking to Brian earlier, I told him that I was pre-ordering it right then. And if you want to know where you can, please, you can pre-order it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. You can pre-order it at IndieBound and also at GameStop. So um, we'll have the website up and we'll also tell you more about the book. But if you are talking about the book on social media, please be sure to use the hashtag, hashtag 3O as in 30, Y-O as in yo, and then W-M as in WrestleMania. So, Brian, I, I just want to get right into this, and I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that you're a huge fan of professional wrestling. So, what are some of your earliest memories of, of wrestling in general, and like, who were your fan favorites as a child? Well, I, I was a huge fan of professional wrestling uh, from, you know, really early childhood. I grew up on Long Island, and being a kid of the 80s, uh, Long Island was one of the first parts of the United States that had cable television. So for me, uh, my introduction to professional wrestling first came with WWE, and then I would see uh, the Von Erichs and World Class Championship Wrestling on ESPN, uh, Vern Gagne's AWA, also on ESPN. That was usually uh, during the week at 4 p.m. on ESPN. Um, and then through Superstation WTBS, uh, we would see Georgia Championship Wrestling, and then later uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, what ended up becoming WCW. Um, we even saw in the late 80s on Sports Channel, uh, Angelo Savoldi's uh, International Championship Wrestling, um, and one of my favorite shows, actually, was on uh, WPIX, and that was called Pro Wrestling This Week, which was a great, kind of like a sports center style wrestling recap show with Gordon Soley and Joe Pettacino. That's, uh, I think that's something that maybe they're missing on the network. They have the This Week in WWE, but, I mean, to have Gordon Soley, that would be pretty pretty amazing i mean just his voice is is amazing so 
Oh, oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, but you know, so for me, you know, and at that time also, Jonathan, I mean, the 1980s, you start getting into the mid and late 80s. I mean, that was really the boom of like the wrestling magazines and the home video lines, especially with WWE and Coliseum home video. So, um, it was, you know, from, from very early on, I mean, you know, in writing the 30 years of WrestleMania book, it kind of put things in perspective for me. I was six years old, uh, when the first WrestleMania happened. So, you know, my favorites were in WWE. I was a huge Hulkamaniac as a kid. Um, loved Superfly Snuka, the, the British Bulldogs. Um, I mean, I could just, I could stay on your show all night probably talking about all my favorites because either I loved to cheer them or like Roddy Roddy Piper at the time, I just loved booing them you know, on the edge, sitting on the edge of my mother's couch. I, I'm just glad to talk to somebody who's just as passionate as as we are about, you know, pro wrestling in general. And, you know, you mentioned your book, Main Event, WWE in the Raging 80s. And um, for those of you who haven't picked this up yet, it's a great book. It's it's almost like a textbook in a sense because it chronicles what made what we all have talked about as being the most important timeline in not only WWE's history, but professional wrestling history. Um, my question to you is, have you thought about taking this idea a step further and maybe doing other, you know, decade books? Well, um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'm very grateful for my working relationship with WWE uh, and DK Publishing. Um, that first book was through Simon & Schuster. Okay. Um, there are some other book ideas that I have um, that I'm, I'm working on right now. Um, but nothing, um, you know, nothing that I could talk about, but, um, but that, let's just say that that idea has been discussed. That's great. That's great. Um, so let's just for, let's just all pretend that we don't know how this all works, but I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about, you know, you've written several books that are just completely wildly popular among wrestling fans. Thank you. Um, what, oh no! I mean, this is this is uh, anybody that I talk to. You know, we go to lots of shows and stuff, and you know, it's it's not that it's not a secret that your books are you know out there and they are a great resource. Um, I did several things, research papers or whatever in college, and you know, you're you're the one to go to because that's really all the history that's being written right now is through you, and and that's great because it's such a good read. They're all great reads, but how? How does, like, when you get an idea like you were talking about, what's exactly the process to get it from your mind, let's say, to the finished product? Well, every writer has their own style, you know, kind of like every superstar and diva has their own style in the ring. Uh, every writer has his or her own style. So, you know, and, and some ideas come differently than others. Uh, for me, one of the things that that I do, whether I'm writing a one-word caption for a client, or I'm writing a you know over 200-page uh, hardcover book like this, is I write everything out first. Um, so I have you know stacks and stacks of 
uh, old school marble notebooks and I just start writing. And based on that is um, then, you know, usually you want to at some point get into a, an outline and then start really flushing it out as to what's called a concept document. And um, actually, I started out in the video game business, and um, so that helped me, and I didn't know it at the time, but that really helped me get an understanding of the importance of a concept document, and the ability to communicate with people of all different uh, levels of understanding of pro wrestling, understanding of the publishing business, uh, things of that nature. So that's really where things go for me. Um, and then I just start going, you know, um, sample chapters are important, but for me, it all starts with the idea, writing it down on paper and then flushing it out from there. That's always, that's always what I do. And, and to give you an example of that, even, um, I mean, I interviewed so many people for the, uh, 30 years of WrestleMania book. And, you know, people were telling me that there are these apps and programs where, you know, you could basically, I guess the software does the uh, transcribing for you. Um, I wasn't interested in that at all, because for me, my process starts with that whole, pen, what I call actually on Twitter, I call it the pen to paper movement. Yeah. And, you know, that's something with with the advent of technology these days it's it's lost on a lot of people so for you you know you write these notes down you're able to go back and reference these notes and i i mean it it shows in your writing your your passion for the business really comes through on the pages and thank you and you know i i think it's great um now typically when i ask this next question when i'm talking to a wrestler or, or diva or whatever i would ask them who were some of your influences growing up? And they would tell me Hulk Hogan or the ultimate warrior or whatever, but who are, do you have like any writing influences that, that you I, Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, um, my mother is probably my biggest influence. Um, my mother was in the publishing business for over 25 years. Uh, first at hardcore brace in Manhattan and then at McGraw Hill. Um, and she's a writer herself. She's been published in the New York Times, New Yorker Magazine, several other uh, outlets. Um, and then for us, you know, I loved uh, people like Woody Allen, people like Neil Simon, um, just incredible storytellers, people that really, there was such an emphasis on the strength of the characters strength of the story, strength of the dialogue. Um, you know, those are the two that always jump out in, in my mind. Um, and then I always remember, like, even going back to school, like, one of the only, you know, one of the summer reading books that I read in, like, two days was uh, The Outsiders. And no, and for your you know younger viewer, younger uh, audience, that is not a reference to uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, uh, but the incredible story, and then uh, adapted into film by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, so there were always a lot of different influences from a writing and film and television standpoint for me, which is why I think. Um, 
I think professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you'd like to call it, um, has been such a great fit for me. Absolutely. Um, is there any anything that you're currently reading that you would like to you know talk about or anything you know? We're trying to. I, I feel like there's a stigma with pro wrestling fans in general that you know it's lowbrow or redneck or hillbilly. And you know, right. I'm I'm from Indiana. Um, you know, you told me you grew up on Long Island. Um, I recently have moved to Connecticut and have tons and tons of friends in the business outside the business and you know it's it's great now because i think that we've the the pro wrestling fan has evolved and you know i think that talking to you and you're a new york times best-selling author that proves it right there so so well you know, I, I look well thank you very much first no of all. uh you know for me the uh the new york times bestseller title is an honor uh, it was a dream come true, and that's all thanks to the opportunity from WWE and from DK Publishing. And then it's also a huge thank you to all the fans that have been, you know, supporting the books that, that I've been writing that come out to my my events and, and things of that nature. Um, I do agree with you, though, Jonathan. I mean, I, I think that for a long time there was a stigma uh, to professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. And I think that as time goes on, that is, it's going away a little bit. And if I could speak to it just a moment, I think a big part of that in the beginning, uh, probably up until the last uh, 10 or 12 years or so, is because there were people that worked in, you know, the media, whether it was the news or, or newspapers or media outlets who started out in the days of, you know, Gorgeous George and Antonina Rocca and, you know, where the, the business was really shrouded in a lot of secrecy, where it was almost like the worst kept secret that this was not a legitimate sport, yet no one ever came out and said that until, you know, WWE did in the late 1980s. I think now, as the people that really grew up loving and watching it, uh, especially during the 80s boom, have now you know grown up and they're now in their own jobs. Um, and, and also that WWE has evolved and they've pulled the curtain back just a little bit to show people the, the sophisticated form of entertainment that this is. I think now people are starting to really, truly appreciate the challenges and the rigors of this form of entertainment that has no off-season, that has a weekly program every week that's live, that now within, uh, what is it, four months, has close to 700,000 subscribers on their own network. Things of that nature. So I think things have evolved, and I think things are getting better in that regard as to WWE getting the credit that it deserves for being a form of entertainment. Absolutely. They're also, you know, it's they're groundbreaking. They're a front runner. Um, the world of professional wrestling is so vast, but it's and it's very easy to get caught up in the, the spectacle of it, but. Watching, you know, that was a great segue because watching the network, you can go back and see things and you can see them in their own time. So, for example, 
during the 80s, which is a, a big focal point of what we've been talking about this evening, is that you see the the WWE was just merely mirroring what was going on in in the world and with the Iron Sheik and the Iran Contra scandal, um, and you had your your uber American Hulk Hogan fighting the evil, you know, Iron Sheik. So I think that it's always been there where it can be taken seriously or as a form of um, entertainment, but, you know, something that people don't give it credit for, like you're saying. And, you know, you can even pull that forward to where when Muhammad Hassan was in the WWE and, you know, there was a lot of uneasiness about after 9-11 and they bring this guy in and it's not necessarily just because it's a hot button issue it's a way for people to cope with these sorts of these things so i think the wwe is definitely a, a four forerunner and as far as all this stuff goes they are the first to get it out there and they should get some respect for that actually Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I don't want to uh, have any of your audience misunderstand what I'm saying. There have always been people that respected it as a business and form of entertainment and have appreciated the athletic skills that the men and women who perform need. Um, I just meant, I just mean that it's now becoming more widely accepted, whereas in the past, it was usually either the dedicated fan base or people that worked with WWE uh, as a business partner, whether it was NBC, uh, whether it was you know the original video game company that I worked at, Acclaim Entertainment, which had the uh, first uh, licensing rights to make WWE video games, uh, or so on and so on. So yeah, it's definitely more uh, more mainstream now as far as an appreciation, and, and it should be. Now, this this next thing that I'm going to talk to you about, I don't know how familiar you are with it. I'm assuming that you're very familiar with it. But, you know, I go to lots of professional wrestling shows. Uh, my friends all go to lots of professional wrestling shows. And I have to say that the, the, the current encyclopedia, the first encyclopedia, has, I feel, it's revitalized the entire independent wrestling circuit. Now, now what I mean by this is... Um, I don't even know that you'll get the credit that you deserve, but the amount of money that that book brings in, not that, not that whenever it's sold in the stores, but the amount of money that people are getting from whenever I go to a, a signing and say um, Marty Jannetty's there, for example, and I have him sign the encyclopedia. He's in there several times, and you know maybe they'll charge one for every signature or whatever, but that that book has single-handedly, I think, brought people's careers back. It's given them money. It's probably given them hope. And, you know, I don't know that when you write books like this, you know, you wrote the book because you're a fan, you're passionate about it, and it's something that you wanted to do. But did you ever think that this book could be a gateway to something like that? Um. Well, first off, anytime I talk about the WWE encyclopedias, either volume, uh, I have to give a shout out to my co-author, Kevin Sullivan. Um, not the taskmaster. I get that question a lot, too. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, at, at the time, Jonathan, the, the goal was to create what was going to be put on the cover, the definitive guide to WWE. And, you know... That was the goal, was to do right by 
the audience to do right by the men and women that have performed in WWE. At that time, it was almost for 50 years. And, and to make the, the employees at WWE and the McMahon family proud. Um, what has happened since, and I think the timing of it was, was you know, a great coincidence, and I'm very happy when I hear this, is that it, it seems to have helped revitalize the autograph signing event business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that makes me very happy because that means that people are reading the books, they're enjoying them, and, and it also is shining a light on the men and women that have performed in that 20 by 20 ring. And, you know, and I mean, and I put it in the acknowledgement section of the book where, you know, I thank them because without their work, you know, I don't have anything to write about, you know? So, um, it's something that I'm very proud of and it, it makes me, uh, it just makes me very happy to know that, that those books are so well received and that so many people are enjoying them. Well, it's, it's a very, very great book. Um, I, the funny part about this is, and I don't know that I'm, I don't think I'm a last of a dying breed or anything, but um, when you're a fan of professional wrestling, whether it be the figures, the newest DVD, um, whatever it may be, um, and maybe this is also part of me coming from Indiana where there wasn't a lot of places where you could buy this stuff, but I like the thrill of the hunt, as I call it. I will go out to the store and actually look for the book or the DVD or whatever that may have came out on the Tuesday that I was looking for. So I actually went to three different locations trying to find the encyclopedia. Wow. The first day that I got the encyclopedia was like a Friday and I looked through it like five or six times and I was just I couldn't believe the the knowledge and the you know all the hard work that was put in front of me and uh, I'm going through it and I think the next week I went out to a a, a signing and um, it's probably, you know, it'd probably been out by for two weeks at this point. But um, lo and behold, I go up to Mick Foley, who's the first person that I was going to get signed to sign the encyclopedia. Right. And uh, I hand him the book and he had not seen the finished project. And so he's thumbing through it, looking at everybody from Abe Knuckleball Schwartz to, you know, Lita or whoever he was looking at. And then he finally got to his and he asked me, is it okay if I look through this? Because it was right about the time that I think that he had left the WWE. So he was shocked in a sense. I don't think that he thought that they were going to, that, you know, people were going to drag his name through the mud, but he was just in awe of the information that was put in front of him. And I actually had him sign it as Mick Foley, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, and Mankind. And he, he was very obliging. And, but it was just a great moment because, you know, he got to, read this and it for the first time and i was the one that got to help him you know see that and it I, I just don't know like i said that you guys will get the credit that you deserve but i think it's uh it's probably done more for the business than you guys will ever know oh well thank you very much it's uh it's one of those things where you know when and not to oversimplify it and i think it's become cliche a little bit but when you really love what you do it's it's not a job and you just want it to be the best it can be. And, and I remember during WrestleMania weekend at WrestleMania 28 in Miami, uh, I did an appearance with Mick at the WrestleMania reading challenge. It was 
um, myself, Mick Foley, Alicia Fox, Warren Swaggle, Rey Mysterio, and Dolph Ziggler. And, uh, you know, Mick actually said the same thing that you just did, or he alluded to it, that he was just very uh, honored at the, the amount of space he was given in the book. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, and that's, this is one of the reasons why I love working with WWE. Anything that I've ever worked on with them, it's never been about, I guess, you know, who's here and who's not at the time. I mean, or who's doing this or who's doing that at the time. It's, is this accurate? Is this correct? Yes. Yes. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, the same could be said. I mean, that first encyclopedia came out in 2009. I mean, you know, Hulk Hogan wasn't with WWE then. You know, he had a full spread. Um, so did Mick Foley because it was the right thing to do for the project. And and they they deserved it for all of their contributions. So that is, as a writer, something that's very comforting to know in that, you know, the project is going to be what it needs to be, and you will receive all the assistance that you can in help making that possible, whether it's uh, access to a video library or a photo archive, or Jonathan, I have to tell you, you know, uh, for 30 years of WrestleMania, I mean, I went to the WWE warehouse, I was in the you know, the vaults, so to speak, thanks to the WWE archivist. So, you know, as a writer, that's a huge help, and it gives you a huge peace of mind knowing that you will have any and all assistance that you need to make the project the absolute best it can be. That's, uh, I, I think that you probably had access to my questions earlier today because I was just going <laughs> to say that, you know... Um, have you gotten to meet the new WWE archivist? And could there be, and I know you can't really speak on this, but maybe if not, maybe me talking to you about this will we'll get it going. But um, are there any plans to create like a pictorial history of WWE items, like caskets, Brutus Beefcakes, shears, any of that stuff? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that, that I don't know. Um, but I have to tell you the work, that the WWE archivist uh, has been doing and is doing is phenomenal. Um, it took all of my quote-unquote maturity as an adult <laughs> and, and professionalism as a writer uh, to not just go crazy at the warehouse. The stuff that is being preserved is and being uh, just set aside is absolutely incredible. They are doing phenomenal work, and I, I, can't, I can't say that enough. Yeah, and really what this is is, you know, the encyclopedia that you and Kevin Sullivan created is basically, from everything that I've seen and, and heard, is basically the only, you know, written history record on the business. Now, with the archivist, this is, you know, maybe years down the road or whatever, but with you guys' words and the actual, you know, items in the collection, if there is ever a physical Hall of Fame, I mean, that's just, that's a no-brainer that both of those should be together because it's just, that's, 
that they should just be thankful that this is happening and fans should be thankful. You know, the network is getting, you're getting to see all of the pay-per-views ever. You're getting to see all these new shows and stuff, but really that's the things I, I saw the archivist video about the ring. I was at WrestleMania 30 and, um, I, I think the, or no WrestleMania 29, sorry. Um, and the ring was heated, but I don't think anybody knew that. So they actually had somebody go out and create this ring in case it was so cold in New Jersey that, you know, they could still wrestle. So it's just, it's just insane. The amount of work that WWE puts together, but now with the archivist, with you guys' publications, it's, it's just, it's just so, so much better than I think that they've ever, than they could have ever dreamed. So, um, Real quick, we're in a. I, I know you're a busy guy, and we're going to talk um, real quick about your newest book. It's 30 Years of WrestleMania. It comes out September 15th in 2014 this year. Um, well, I mentioned earlier it's similar to the the style of the encyclopedia, but um, what can the your fans of the of your books you know expect from this newest book? Well, the great thing about 30 Years of WrestleMania is that it is in the style. Um, visually the style that everybody came to know and love from the WWE encyclopedia. Um, it is a little different in that, you know, this is more of a flowing, um, almost like a story. I mean, you have the history of each WrestleMania, whether it's in the ring or behind the curtain, um, you have stories and insights from, Everybody from Vince and Linda McMahon to people that are behind the scenes as producers. Um, there are special tribute sections to The Undertaker's streak, uh, Shawn Michaels' career at WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame, and that's just naming a few. Um, I mean, the book is 220 pages. It's hardcover, beautiful four-color book, and it... It really is a description and history of WrestleMania that has never been told before. That is it. I've seen the picture. There's a, you know, a webpage that we'll actually put up on our site later for everybody that's interested, but it's DK publishing. So, you know, you can find it if you, if you Google it or just type in 30 years of WrestleMania, but the, the pictures that you have up there, the cover looks amazing. Um, if you, you know, is it, if you pre-order, you get the exclusive tops trading card or is it in every, every book? Do you know? You know, that's a really good question. I don't know. Well, regardless, I'm, I'm going to say, I may, I may be wrong on this, but I'll find, I'll find out for you. Okay, absolutely. But there is a incentive there that there is a exclusive tops trading card. If you are a collector and it's of the undertaker. Um, since we, we just covered the 30 years of WrestleMania, do you have maybe, I know it's hard. It's a hard question. It always is, but do you have a favorite WrestleMania? Man, that is really hard. Um, you know, it's funny for a long time, it was WrestleMania three, uh, whether it was Savage Steamboat or Hogan Andre. Um, and then you know, I saw, I was at WrestleMania 25, and I saw Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, and um, I, I mean, that, that's probably the greatest match I've ever seen. 
uh, whether it, I mean, I feel just incredibly grateful that I was there live to see it. But even watching it back, you know, writing this new book, 30 Years of WrestleMania, um, I, I mean, and Sean says it himself, he said it for this book. And by the way, very quickly, uh, the forward of the book is from Shawn Michaels. Oh, wow. That is, that's enough uh, reason right there. Which is a huge deal. But, you know, he says it in this book. He has said it in a lot of other interviews he's done um, that it's probably as close to perfect as you can get. And, I mean, I think he's right. I mean, I, I've never, um, thankfully for everyone, I've never stepped through the ropes. Um, but in, you know, more than 30 years of watching this, as a fan, it's, I mean, it's probably the best match I've, I've ever seen. Um, and the story going into it was great. And uh, the history of those two men is fantastic. And, you know, the cool part, Jonathan, is that every, you get the match results, not just the listing, you get the match results of every match that happened in WrestleMania. Um, so there is a, a history of this event that is just told in a different way and the incredible style that DK has of putting these books together, combining the text and, the, and these beautiful photos is really something that makes 30 years of WrestleMania just a very special commemorative book to own. Yeah. And if you actually get on the DK, you know, website, like I was saying, there are three sample pages right now that are up, and there's one that shows, you know, a beautiful picture of WrestleMania 18. It gives you a little bit of um, insight into what's going on the card. It tells everything from the date to the attendance. I mean, it's just chock full of information. And for someone like me and lots of other fans, I I mean, they're going to be ex extremely excited about it. Um, like we said, it's it's coming out September of this year, September fifteenth. September fifteenth. Uh, you know, and we while we have you on here, um, everybody, please go and follow Brian Shields on Twitter, and his Twitter handle is at it's Brian Shields. Um, just go and check out everything that he's got going on, and you know, just thank I, I'm I'm going to do it. Just thank him for being able to get this history out to us. It's. It's not every day, and if you didn't notice that for a long time there was a, a drought in, in not only wrestling books or sports entertainment books, but good wrestling books and good sports entertainment books. So it's good to have these these here as any reference. Like I said, I did, I did papers in college about the history of WWE, and there wasn't any real references. And so now I have it, and I think it's great. Um, we want to definitely thank you, Brian, for being on our show. Um, we'd love to have you back sometime. And, uh, you know, is there anything else that you want to tell people about, whether it's this book or anything that you've got going on? Well, first off, Jonathan, first thing I want to say is thank you for having me on. Uh, it's great to be on this show. I've been looking forward to coming on for a while once I heard that this was something that uh, you started and um, so, that, so for that's first. Thank you for having me on. Um, you know, I, I talk about a lot of different things, whether it's wrestling, writing, sketch comedy. Um, you know, feel free to follow me on Twitter. I talk about all this stuff. 
seven days a week uh, at I at It's Brian Shields. And, uh, you know, 30 years of WrestleMania is going to be awesome. Uh, to quote Gorilla Monsoon, it's going to be a happening this September, September 15th. It's coming out. Um, I'm going to be doing uh, book signing events around the country to support the launch of the book. I'm going to be doing a lot of things. So definitely at It's Brian Shields on Twitter is the way to keep uh, up to date on that. And Jonathan, I got to tell you, I would love to come back on the show and talk about this a little more uh, when the book is, is out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we just barely scratched the surface of what you've done and what, you know, just the world of professional wrestling in general. But like we talked about earlier, please just pre-order the book now. It's on Amazon.com. It's on Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Indie Bound, and also at GameStop. Um, I know that I just pre-ordered mine, so it'll be arriving, and I'll definitely um, definitely let you guys know, if you haven't got the book yet, what, what to be looking for. But, uh, Brian, it's, it's an honor to have you on here. Uh, and we at another wrestling podcast just can't thank you enough. So uh, thank you again. Until next time. Thank you. That, that was great stuff, uh, Jonathan and Brian Shields. Uh, appreciate your time and joining us. And, Bri- and Jonathan, I hope we get uh, Brian on the show another day uh, so we can sit and uh, hammer him with some more questions. But uh, thanks, thanks again to Brian Shields. Yeah, and uh, if any of you who've listened to this want to follow Brian Shields on Twitter, it's at it's at it's Brian Shields. Um, also, if you want any more information regarding his newest book, Thirty Years of WrestleMania, you can find all that information out on Facebook.com/slash Another Wrestling Podcast. Awesome, man! What a show! Uh, I, I love talking about how we became marks in a way. I mean, from magazines and books to dirt sheets and all that stuff. I mean, it's interesting hearing from a New York Times best-selling author himself, Brian Shields, uh, you know, kind of his story too about it. Yeah, uh, it was. it's very interesting. It's always interesting to talk to somebody like that, but he's a, he's a great guy, and just at the end of the day, he is what I think of as just a huge fan, and I think that's the type of people that you want writing the history of our the, the business that we love is someone who's at, at heart just a big fan like us. And if you guys want to sponsor us too, don't forget, email us at anotherwrestlingpodcast at gmail.com because this week we have none other than Extremely Talented Wrestling. That's ETW. This Saturday night, July 12th, you can see the Young Guns special. We have none other than Vic Delicious versus Dan DeMan versus Hale Collins. Uh, it's going to be a great show, guys. It's at the Bristol Boys and Girls Club. That's at 105 Laurel Street, Bristol, Connecticut. Be sure to, to check them out at facebook.com slash extremely talented wrestling and hope to see you at the show. they got a they got a great show coming up. It's a local indie promotion. Uh, if you're listening to us and you're within drive, check it out, guys. Once again, Jonathan, I know I just want to run it into people's heads to where they can find us because, I mean, we're in the social media verse, I'm calling it. That's that's what I'm going to probably say from now on. But, uh, you know, guys, please, if you love our show, like us at Facebook.com slash Another Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at A Wrestling Pod, A Wrestling P-O-D. Search for us on iTunes. Give us a, 
like, give us a few ratings, comment on us, tell us how much you love us, and if you hate us, uh, it's, you know, it's, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. That's, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, we're going to do this each and every week, because Jonathan, next week, do you know who we have? Who do we, who do we have next week? All I'm going to say is he comes with a long piece of wood and a hoe. Well, um... I don't know, I didn't know how to really to... To say that, but no, no, I don't think there's any really better way to say that. Um, <laughs> it, you're obviously talking about Val Venus. <laughs> well, maybe on a future show, but no, we have none other than Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan joining us next week, guys. So be sure to tune in because he sure does have some words for uh, you know a past WWE superstar. So uh, we'll find that out though on <sighs> another wrestling podcast. 